0: Hello and welcome to the Locked On Podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, and I'm joined here by my co-host, The Zoobs. Bro, we got a win! Finally, back in the win column. A solid 4-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks. You feeling pretty good? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, Babcock
1: extension... Uh, don't trade anybody ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. You might be going a little bit, a little bit too far, uh, calling a Babcock extension, but no, a pretty well played game all around. Uh, we said they needed a, a 60 minute effort and I thought that they gave it tonight and, uh, it ended up showing up that way on, on the scoreboard too.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for the first half of this game, the Sharks tried to really play like a, a very evident second half of a back-to-back style. They were they were trying to keep, keep it slow and low event. I think they only had, I think we talked, 17 shots in the whole game. Uh, so I think the Maple Leafs, you know, they they out, they outshot them. They outchanced them. They were the aggressor the whole way. I thought, you know, Martin Jones, the starter on the second half of a back-to-back, uh, kept San Jose in this game in, in the first, I think. For sure. I think there was a chance that the Maple Leafs could have scored uh, once or twice in that first period, and he was—he had some really big saves. Um, you know, the Matthews thing was a scare, but but it ended up being okay.
0: Yeah, like for the first few minutes of that game, the the Leafs really they came out hard and had four or five good chances. I thought in the first five ten minutes of the game, where this one could have been honestly like a four one, you know, three nothing game after one period of play, based on the least played and the good opportunities but martin jones stood on his head had a pretty good game uh but at the end of the day you know the sharks coming off uh on the second night of a back-to-back after playing in montreal last night you could really tell that those legs were getting a little tired at the end there uh and i think that's what allowed at the end of the day toronto to kind of go kind of pedal to the metal and in the third period get it going I agree with that. Um
1: I think there was a boost from seeing Matthews back in the lineup. Um, you know, Muzzin excellent the Muzzin's goal was an excellent play. Uh you know Oh that
0: okay, yeah, let's 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 quickly chat about that actually before we, we move on. That Muzzin goal, uh really for for me, I thought that was the goal that kind of really sparked the team. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so like for, for Jake Muzzin to score what was there, one point three seconds left? Like Just going hard to the net and knowing that there's not a lot of time left, knowing that uh, the puck is just going to have to get to the net. So you also go to the net and able to pounce on a rebound and tie it heading into the third period. I thought that was huge, huge, and a big reason why they had a good third. Because this team, for some reason all season long, it seems like their third periods just haven't, been going their way they they kind of have fallen off and faded late into games and this time it seems like they really picked it up and got it going in the third I think Jake Muzzin Jake Muzzin's goal was was a big reason for that just kind of they, they went into the period or went into the intermission feeling good about themselves they had just tied it up and said to themselves let's go we tied it it's a, it's a totally new ball game now score is all tied up let's go out there and have ourselves a third period and they did
1: yeah I, I think that's uh, I think that's very well said. I, I also thought uh, Anderson handled pretty much everything he needed to all night he he looked solid he made some nice plays uh, Mihaev really 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 good. I thought he was flying out there tonight um, and you know you saw a little edge to Matthews this but, but again, uh, something that I sort of want to go back to that we' talked about earlier, just sort of the games they've won and the games they've lost when they are better than a team, and, and coming into a game where you're, we talked about it, they, they have a little more scoring talent than the Sharks, and the Sharks in the second half of a back-to-back, they seem to know how to do just enough to win these games, and that may be costing them against better competition or in tougher games, but it was, you know, the story similar to all their other wins this year, as they were better than a team, and in a, in a better spot than a team that came in, and, and they outskilled them, they just, the, the top line did enough to eventually break through, and, and they got it done.
0: Um, for me, like, Mikheyev, you know, we're, spoiler alert, he's gonna be in my good, better, best, but Ilya Mikheyev, I thought, Mikheyev, man, the more I like him, the more I watch him, the more I really like him, and I saw a a really funny tweet saying, like, has anybody seen Mikheyev and Zach Hyman in the same room together with, like, the shifty (laughs) eyes, kind of maybe mention that, like, Mejia is playing a similar game to Hyman where he's just such a high energy guy. He goes, he digs for the pucks. He's always going 110%, and he really is. And tonight, like, I thought that he was fantastic once again, uh, proving that he's been the most consistent leaf on this team so far this year. Pretty sure we talked about that uh, earlier, earlier, uh, or yesterday, or maybe the day before. So, I just, it, it seems to me like, this guy has just a diamond in the rough find. And now that we're 10, 11, 12 games into the season, it's it's now a pattern. Not just, okay, he's on a hot start. I think this yeah. is what he is. And that makes me really excited as a Leaf fan, knowing that he's signed cheap. And he'll be under contract and under club control for quite a bit.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely. I mean, I mean absolutely. I think when you make that comparison and you talk about Hyman, the idea of him being in the lineup at the same time as as Hyman is also really really appealing. Um, I'm glad that he's sort of shown a little chemistry being bumped up. I know he's still playing with Kerfoot, but just being bumped up in role in in playing alongside Mitch Marner that's that's really good. That's that's a really that's a really good sign. If you know we talked about earlier in the year, if if Andreas Jonsson isn't clicking in a, for a certain point and you need to either move Hyman to that line or, or, or move people around. It's good to know that he seems to be able to play up. He seems to be able to move up in the lineup fairly comfortably. Um, yeah, I thought he was flying around all night long. I, I was mm-hmm. very happy, very impressed.
0: What was your opinion on Mitch Marner's game tonight?
1: Man, th- th- that's a great question. Uh,
0: you know, I found myself,
1: you know, as I was watching eye test, not, not being super impressed. I thought, I thought, you know, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot that that I thought stood out to me. I thought he had some, some plays. He overskated a puck and just sort of the weird plays he doesn't usually make. Plays that he wasn't, plays that he was making last year. We, we sort of you you saw those flashes of real creativity and you saw him, um, really making uh, good reads and and it just sort of hasn't been there as much. I know he has. I'm pretty sure he assisted on the empty net goal to get himself uh. uh, uh front assist there. But he he played not terribly. It was the same old, it was sort of a similar story to what I um, would say was the story of the year, but I thought he was better. I didn't think it was a dominant night for Mitch Marner.
0: No, neither did I, and I think that's why, the reason why I ask is because, you know, like I usually do for every game, I, I you know, my eye test tells me one thing and I say, well, let's see if the numbers match. Exactly and, right. And, you know, Mitch Marner, I thought, ah, he probably didn't didn't have a great game, but then I go and I take a look at at you know like his Corsi percentage and it was actually top on the team. He had the best Bo- he's, uh, he's buoyed by uh Yeah, Right. And that's that's that so that's the point that I was gonna that I was gonna make. Like he look you look at the the chances for and against while he's out on the ice, like 11 to three, seventy-eight point five seven percent. Uh Marner's making stuff happen as opposed to or Marner has chances for while he's on the ice and against, and I like this is when you get in that argument where it's like well yeah this stuff looks great but then you got to also kind of take a look at the line mates and right. that's when the eye test comes in and that's that's kind of the, the argument that I find I get myself in when I'm when I'm talking with like extreme analytics people. They're like, you barely need, like the eye test will always, or the numbers will always match up with the eye test. So you might as well go with the numbers. Like, well, that's not the case. And tonight was a good example of that, where I didn't think Marner had a had a super strong game, the quietest two assists ever. Yeah, you're right. He assisted on the empty netter, and then he assisted on that that uh, Matthews goal uh, in the final 30 seconds as well right. to, to give himself the two assists on the night. But... Yeah, like, the, if you just look based on numbers, looks like Marner had the best game, but really, um, I think personally, you know, Nylander, Mahaev, Matthews, I thought, had a really good game himself, too. Marner a little bit down on the on the totem pole there in terms of at least who had uh, uh, solid outings, but the numbers said different, which is why I want to bring it up because I thought it was interesting. No,
1: no, I agree. I thought Nylander was the best forward as well.
0: Um, you know, it, it wasn't,
1: it wasn't, we're gonna. I know we're gonna get into our good, better, best here in a minute, but there were some things that weren't great. Power play was really, really flat yeah. tonight. Yeah, it was really flat. I think really, really showing signs of missing Tavares. I think there has to. There's just, there's just something there that's missing. A really steadying sort of hand. They, uh, they, they couldn't get into the zone. I think they had a couple power plays in a row where they didn't have any shots. Um, you know, not a serious. Not a serious uh, one-game sample, but uh, over a larger picture, it is starting to become, uh, you know, with, with, at the beginning of the year, it was carrying them. And now, if it's not
0: there, um, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it just, I think they had four, four shots on the, that can't be right. Four shots on the power play?
1: Yeah, that's, that's probably right. They, they had a couple in a row <laughs> where they didn't have any shots.
0: in wow. yeah. five that's chances. Not- <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, no, not not very good. Um, definitely n- probably the worst night that the power play has had all yeah. game long. But on the other end, I did, like, going into the game, we always do our three keys to the game. One of them, I said, was discipline. The team needs to be disciplined because San Jose's got one of the best power plays in the league. They've got so much skill and talent up front and on the back end, offensive talent on the back end. That they got to stay disciplined, stay out of the box, and they did that. They took one penalty in the first ten minutes of the game. That was a Cody CC holding call. Other than that, clean sheet the rest of the way, which I think was also uh, kind of partially why this team played well because they kept playing either on the man advantage or they are mm-hmm. playing five on five hockey, in which case there was just you know continuous hockey being played where they didn't have to. You know, go to four. Um, they were playing shorthanded, where they had to play. You know, bottom end players, and I, I think that that is something that, that really they need to keep doing going forward. Stay out of the box, guys. Stay out, because good things happen like tonight. Uh, anything else that you want to chat about tonight's game? Um, nothing that I that
1: won't come up in uh, good, better, best. How about that? Uh right, Well, do we end up?
0: Do we chat about Matthew's hit? We kind of no, brushed on
1: it, didn't we? No, we didn't. True. That is a pretty big-button topic. What did you think?
0: Yeah, so um, for those who who missed the game, Austin Matthews in the second period, late, late in the second, I guess, took a hit to the head from uh, defenseman Brandon Dillon and ended up getting taken out of the game by concussion spotters. Um, it's certainly a hit to the head, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Obviously, he came out and played the rest of the game, um, but... This is somebody who does have history with concussions, and you never want to see that. And I will admit that when I saw that hit to the head, it gave me a little bit, because he, he, he held his head. He went down like, oh, my head. And that gave me a little bit of pause. It's like, oh, no, this isn't good. Like, you're already missing Tavares. You cannot risk losing Matthews as well. But luckily, it looks like he's going to be okay. But, yeah, definitely not what you want to see.
1: No, there was a there was a few minutes there where it was first line center Alex Kerfoot, and that is not <laughs> that's not the reality you want to be in. I'm a big Kerfoot guy. I've loved what Kerfoot's brought, but uh, not the world you want to live in. Um, you know, I didn't like the hit. Obviously, it, obviously, we're a Leafs podcast. I'm not going to come on here and say I had anything but this. But uh, I thought it was pretty damn late. He had moved the puck. the The, the thing with these hits now, um, obviously, he the, it was a head hit, but the thing that I always look at is did he have time to decide whether to make the hit or not? And he definitely did. So I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit.
0: Fair enough. Uh yeah. Kerfoot, you mentioned, got to play some some top line center minutes. Uh had over eighteen minutes today in this one. Love Kerfoot. So Alex Kerfoot, yeah. Good game for him as well. I thought he played well. He he looked good out on the ice and yeah, pretty good stuff. Eighteen minutes, fourteen seconds. Goat up to thirteen almost fourteen minutes in this one.
1: Well, you know, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that that's the centers got tested. They were they were tested tonight.
0: For sure. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll do the good, the bad, the ugly. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. A big 4-1 victory for the Maple Leafs, snapping a two-game losing streak. They improved to 6-4-2. There were some good betters. And best of the game, you start. What was good about tonight? Um,
1: where do we start? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna start with Morgan Riley. I thought, I thought we spent enough time, <laughs> to, you know, being down on him this talking year, talking smack about him. And he earned, he earned that. That you know, he he wasn't great. I thought his goal was like I thought that's the Morgan Riley that that we're banking on the guy that is the fourth minute into the rush and goes risky short side like that's that's the Morgan Riley that that they need to have playing the bulk minutes I thought he was and I thought that play started with a good play with him, from him on the other end um you know I just thought he was it was the, it was the most Morgan Riley game of the year I know when he had the four assists we sort of talked oh out of his slump but in reality that was four secondary assists uh it wasn't I think as good a night as he had tonight. Um I know that even like the you you will look at the advanced sort of numbers and say that it was an above average to a a, a good night, but I thought he was uh really really good. I, I was very happy with his play.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I thought that that pairing maybe had their best night of uh of the year. I thought between Riley and CeCe. I thought that CC not that he was great, but I thought that he played pretty well too. He he played some some sound Uh, he played sound defensively but just to go back on that Morgan Riley goal just because you mentioned it um, yeah. what I was most impressed of is the fact that he started that by himself all the way in his own end in the corner And from the corner, fished the puck out, got up to Nylander, and then followed the play all the way through 200 feet down the ice. And then I I listened to it post-game. He said that, you know, Nylander, he likes to stop up uh, when he's on the rush. And and I kind of knew that, so I jumped up in there and just waited for a pass. That's exactly what happened. Nylander shoots it over to Morgan Riley, and Riley fires it into the back of the net. And the elation on his face when he scored that goal, that was a meaningful goal for him not only because I think it was kind of validation that you know it was a great play he's been playing very well and he was credited for that but also you know the team has been kind of playing soft the last couple of games they're on a two-game losing streak and then he scores a go-ahead goal late in the third I just the elation on his face made everybody play better and then not even like a few minutes later Mikheyev ends up scoring the empty netter and then with 30 seconds left Matthews unloads an unreal shot so it's just that goal I feel sparked something with the team and uh, that's what they need to get back to they need to get back to everybody playing well and Morgan Riley is at the top of that list on a daily basis yeah
1: that was is a bit that, of a rant
0: no is that your good as well <laughs> what's your good uh, my good uh Austin Matthews. I thought that he had mm-hmm. a good game himself. Uh, and then just man, what a shot. Thirty seconds yep. left. So the game was over. It was it was a it was a nothing play, but I mean Austin Matthews ripping it right under the bar. Um unreal shot, but he played well all, all game long. I thought that, you know, in, in both ends he was he was a lot better than he had been. The past couple of games. We've been we've been on him like he plays he's kind of playing lazy a little bit. But no, played pretty sound. Obviously, he left the game for a few minutes uh, at the end of the second there because of that head injury, and luckily he did come back out. And uh, hopefully this is, you know, the Austin Matthews that we know and love. The 50-goal scorer, Austin Matthews. This is the one we want. This is the one we need. We need it tomorrow, too, though. Not just tonight. We need it on the second night of the back-to-back. That's what the big boys get paid for, and that's what he's got to do. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I thought
1: he was good. I I thought it was, yeah, uh, uh, no argument there. <laughs> uh, better. I'm gonna give this one to our guy, Superman, uh, Ilya Mahayev. I I just love watching him. I thought I thought I thought he was high energy all night long. He has a Twitter account apparently now. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> um, he's our guy. I think that's. Uh, I think I'm just really happy. We talked about this in the first segment, so I won't go too long on it, but. Uh, Very happy to see him, uh, you know, developing a little, uh, uh, not chemistry, but the ability to showing the ability to play moving up in the lineup. Like I said, beside Mitch Marner uh, with Alex Kerfoot in in second line role sort of minutes. um, It's nice to see when, when there are enough guys out of the lineup that will come back into this lineup and assumedly take some of those minutes that if he's bumped down and you have somebody else that's currently in the top six bumped down, uh, to the third line, suddenly the depth is looking like a real strength versus um, some some skin of the teeth moments here early in the season.
0: Certainly, and the other thing about Meheev, I actually had him as my best. I thought that he was spectacular. Mm, stole your thunder, sorry. You did. You stole my thunder, but that's okay. Um, but something that I really liked about so so you talk uh, Austin Matthews' goal, who was my my better. If you see if you watch on that goal, Mehev it was Mehev that opened up the ice for Matthews to walk in and take that shot. You know, Mehev dumps it off to Matthews, or, or uh, and he kind of cut across the ice and allowed him to get that shot off. And, uh, I just, he's a smart player. He's a really smart player. Uh but I had Willie Nylander as my great, great better. Great
1: pick. Great pick. I thought he was, on, uh, great pick.
0: Yeah. He, he, he he was arguably the best player out there, but like Superman is my guy, so I had to give it to Superman <laughs> as my best, but Willie Nylander, you know, through and through every single game he's out there, and assisting on that, just the play, when, when he's got going, man, like the name of the game for this entire team really is speed. When they get their legs under them, and they're going out there with speed, it's so hard to beat this team. That's what Nylander did, you know, he, he ended up. Starting up the rush, getting in over the blue line with possession, and then found a trailing defender and was able to hit him easily, and that was that was the game winner. And it was all set up by Nylander. You know, he he he's been one of the best. I think all around, Nylander may have be the most consistent player we've had for the Leafs this season, next to Mahav. I think you just you're has, bang on. I think you're bang on. But Nylander just has that X factor, and when he's on, he's on. Uh, who's your best?
1: My best. I, mean, I give it to Jake Muzzin. I think. I, I think. Muzzy. I think he was great. Uh, you know, as a, a friend of mine, Arun, pointed out on Twitter, and I, I couldn't agree more. Hard to imagine in this season right now without Jake Muzzin. Like they have really leaned on him for tough matchups, for tough minutes. Uh, that goal at the end of the second was like. The first two periods of this game was 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 it like you could tell the, Sh- the Sharks were just hanging on and they were tiring and the Maple Leafs were the better team, but no one was stepping up and just doing it. And he has done that this year. He's sort of the guy that when everyone's looking around on this team and not really sure what to do, Muzzin is the guy that steps up and does it. I thought a great play for a, a, a defenseman that plays the way he does to recognize the amount of time left in the period and to, to pinch up. And to run into the slot and to score with three seconds left in the period. I think it turned the game around, and I I, I think it was just a huge play.
0: All right, there you have it. The good, better, and best for myself had Matthews, Nylander, and Maheev, and you had. I had uh I had what did I have? No, I
1: had <laughs> <laughs> No, I had you Riley Morgan... yeah. I had Riley Mahayev and Jake Muzzin, who I thought was yeah. uh,
0: was excellent. Solid game, solid game. Could have went to a lot of players. They, it was a pretty pretty well-rounded team effort for that one tonight. Uh, all right, coming up on the other side, we will preview tomorrow's matchup or tonight's matchup, depending on when you're listening, against the Montreal Canadiens. All right, welcome back uh, to the Locked On Lease podcast. Montreal Canadiens, the next victim for the Maple Leafs. <laughs> And starting in goal, we're going to have Michael Hutchinson, most likely. My question to you, though. Of course. Of course. Most likely. Yes. I mean, it's not technically penned in yet, yeah, but most yeah, likely. Yeah. Now, Freddie only saw 17 shots and wasn't really tested all that much. I'm with you. Do you think maybe he'd be good to go for a back-to-back, knowing that they <laughs> yeah. only have one game next week? They have one game next week, and that's Tuesday against the Capitals. So, A, he's got Sunday and Monday to recover, and then he's got the entire week, and then he's back again, and then and then they play again on, I believe, Sunday, maybe the following Monday. Do you Boy, think that's... they dare send him out there, get themselves the big divisional win on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada? Does Is Babs that crazy? No, he's not.
1: <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate but, it, man. You, you, you talked me into it, but I don't man, think Fabs is that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I really don't think that it's that big of a deal. Like, I I don't know. Maybe just because I never played the position. I've obviously never played, you know, high-level hockey or anything like that. But, you know, they're used to, like, back in the day, Broder, you know, uh, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek. They play 75 games a year. Very often they would play on back-to-back nights. Why is it now all of a sudden they can't do it? It, it? I get if you get shelled or you lose or or you're playing against a, a crappy team, but when you're playing against a good team like the Montreal Canadiens where there are such large implications on it, and not maybe not now, but down the road you know it's going to be. You know that you're going to be fighting for them uh, it, to get into the playoffs. Why not maybe if Freddie's okay with it? If Freddie's okay with it, I wouldn't just slap him in there but if he's down for it, which I suspect he would be, cause he's a warrior and he's a winner. Put him in that back-to-back nights. Boy, you know I I don't know what
1: I don't know how to react to this because I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm convinced that was you got me going, I'm ready to run through the wall for you, you know, that that you got you convinced <laughs> me. Um, you know, but I have two thoughts, right? One of them is I don't I just don't see it with Babcock. Not, not, not that I don't agree that, that it's a good idea or that it could work. I just don't see it with Bab's. My other thought is I you know, if we went back to the beginning of the season shows, a big thing we wanted to see was Freddie get handled correctly here in terms of workload. And now, less than a month into the season, we're talking about he's got to play back-to-back games. I think it's got to be one or the other. Um, I don't know. I, I know. I know that we've talked about this a lot, and I'm, maybe I'm softening because they just won. But I, I believe I can. I, I, I'm feeling good about this
0: Canadian's game. Let me just say that. Okay. All right. Now, last time that these two teams played, which wasn't that long ago, it was just a couple of weeks ago. The Maple Leafs collapsed in the third period because they were on the second night of a back-to-back does that worry you again going into tonight's game of course of course of course it does what uh, is your level of concern when we're going from you know from one to ten?
1: Oh boy my like uh, concern or calm i guess concern of them melting down if they have the lead it like rests at like a seven so it's probably like a seven to eight um that's a lot. That's that's high level of concern. That's that's you know you knew that coming in with a back to back and and what they've shown this year. Um, I want to believe that this is a big this is a this is a big time. They're going on the road. I think it's part of it as well. I think this is a big yeah. time going to Montreal Saturday night. I know it's a back to back, but it's still a big game. And I don't. It doesn't matter. These could be the two worst teams in the conference. Montreal Toronto on a Saturday night would be a big deal. Uh, so. I, I would it make sense for them to collapse and lose that and lose the game like that? Absolutely. Would it make sense for them to get blown out? Absolutely. But it makes just as much sense for me to them to look great and to win this game, especially with the taste of the last two times, the last time these two teams met. I think the Maple Leafs have not soon forgotten that we saw what that did to the Columbus Blue Jackets against the Maple Leafs as sort of their, and we saw Boston do it as well, right? We the second time they met close after they were a little extra there for them I think the Maple Leafs are going to try to make a statement on Saturday
0: well I certainly hope so and definitely hope that's the case uh what are your three keys to the game for the Leafs to get their first win on night two of a back-to-back Big money boys. We're going big money boys. I'm I'm sick of talking about big the, money
1: boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of talking about the bottom six and the depth and and about having to win those pieces. Thank let's, you. Let's see goals from Austin Matthews. Let's see a goal from Mitch Marner. Let's see goal from William Nylander. Let's like let's let's really see it. I think preach it, I, Zubes. Preach that's what it. That's what it's got to be. I, you want, I want four goals in the first two periods here. I don't think that's too much to ask.
0: <laughs> it's totally attainable. I mean, it really is. I mean, they're going up against Carey Price. You know, one of the best goaltenders of our generation. But, you know, just go out and play the same way he did tonight because I thought that they had a great team effort tonight. Uh, you know, for me, one of my keys is, is you know, bodies to the net. The, the, that's one of my keys because you're going up against Carey Price, and he's he's Carey Price. I, I, you don't need to say much more about that. If he could try and get bodies to the net, try and screen him, because if he could see pucks, he's going to save the puck. So try and get some some traffic in front, and just take as many shots you can on net, and hopefully you can beat them a couple of times, and that's really going to be the best recipe for success against Carey Price and the in the Canadians. Yeah. Did you what? Do you have something to add to that? No, great. That's a great point. That's a great point.
1: <laughs> uh, another key. Um, I'm going to go with, and this, is you know. Hutchinson, I, I, I want to see a good game from Hutchinson here. I, I know that he's. We've talked about it before, and we talked about it already a little bit in this segment about how he hasn't been put into the most fair situations. Uh, that's the other side of this of this back to back rotation that hasn't been great. Is he is yet to really be in a fair situation, and
0: not that this is one, but um, it's he a did game... play well on, in the second part on Tuesday he when he when he played Boston. I did thought that he played well against Boston, so maybe. He can play well here tonight as well.
1: Yeah, and and I think, uh, you know, a lot of energy in the building. It's going to be a big, it's going to be big game because it's Saturday night, in Montreal. Like we, like I already said, uh, it's one to get up for, and I I expect the gentleman in front of him, the defenseman, uh, to be up for it. I think ride the momentum as you said of a of a good game, on Friday. I think looking for another good game from Riley. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, Muzz in as well, and we'll see the bottom pairing. But yeah, just uh, defense and, and goaltending. I think keeping it tight and not allowing chances is going to be the way to, to pull away.
0: Love it, love it. You got a prediction for tomorrow night? Five-one Maple Leafs. Five-one Maple Leafs. Ooh, Blowing them out. Blowing them out. Big blowout. Yeah. Big blowout in the Bell Center on a Saturday night. One on win. The second and I'm part back. of back to back with Michael Hutchinson and net.
1: One one win. It. One win. I am a hundred percent back in town, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you know, th- th- what are we doing if we're not predicting
0: uh, blowout wins over the Habs, the, the you know terrible what? Habs? <laughs> I'm 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 with. I'm not I'm not quite five one. Yeah. But I'm with you with at least victory. I think, you know, Hutchinson coming off a pretty good game on Tuesday. Uh, I think he wants a revenge game. He played well against Montreal the first two periods. It was just that third period letdown, meltdown. And I think that, you know, that's going to be in the back of his mind, and he's going to want a good revenge game out here. So I'll take Toronto. I'll go... I think it's going to go to overtime again. Let's go 4-3 in overtime. Okay. And our boy... Mr. Rocket Richard himself. <laughs> Austin Matthews scoring the OT winner. Lock it in. Lock it in on locked on Leafs. Hey, he's owned the Canadians in his career. It's 12 goals in 12 <laughs> games, 16 yeah. points. No reason Let's to believe go. that will stop, yeah. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right, well, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. Be sure to check back in here on Monday where we'll be recapping the Habs game and do some other Leafs chatter. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.